No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 5, coming at you live, kinda, once again from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room. Let's go. Talking about Nebraska's somewhat heartbreaking loss to the Oklahoma Sooners in Norman, 23-16. to let's, let's talk about some of the positives. We'll get to the negatives eventually, but... You want to talk about the first positive, who we have on our show right now? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to segue him in a little more smooth than that, but... All right, go ahead. Segue him in however you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we thought it was only fitting. Uh, You know, we teased you about this earlier. Michigan State week. It's only right to have Brandon Riley with us on the pod. That's right. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, You know, this week always brings back good memories and... uh, (laughs) You know, hopefully uh, a new memory can be made this year against them. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to season two of No Block, No Rock. You were our first guest ever, so thank you for that. And we've had many since then, some courtesy of you. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate you coming back on. No, yeah, I appreciate you guys. And I'll see you in season three. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, you don't even really feel like a guest. Like, you're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> Would you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to be? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, but positives. For the third week in a row, we're saying Adrian. No, I mean, look, you can say he had a turnover. He pretty much, it was a punt. Yeah. And it was one of the greatest interceptions of all time. It'll be, you know, all over Sports Center for the next hundred years. A dumb interception. Yeah, yeah. But Adrian, guys, let's talk about Adrian. Gosh, again, there's just nothing that comes to mind where, oh, boneheaded play. There's just none of that. Right. You know? Yeah, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Kind of like looking at Adrian and what you saw. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people know I'm, I've been an Adrian fan. And, you know, he takes a lot of heat being in the spot he is. But, you know, before the season, I was pretty confident he was going to have a, a really good year. And, you know, maybe the first half against Illinois didn't have his best stuff. and But since then, I think, you know, I don't think – anyone in the right mind would say he's played poorly. And to show that against uh, a good Sooners defense, the number three team, uh, you know, he didn't flinch. And, you know, he's went toe-to-toe with Rattler, who, you know, is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Well, and it's funny that you say the Sooners good defense because people aren't giving the Sooner defense credit. They were 35th coming in. And, yeah, it's a Big 12 defense. You know, they can live up to the – I guess the the standard of okay, the Big Twelve doesn't play defense, but they were the thirty fifth best defense in the country, and Adrian really had his way. He could do whatever he wanted. He stood in the pocket and bought time and made plays. And this is probably the best game I think I've ever seen him play, especially against real real competition. And it was on the road against. Prob- I mean, the OU defense might not be technically the best that he's going to see, but probably the most gifted athletically he'll see. Yeah, the most talented for sure. Right, and. Guys, like one of the big criticisms that we had of Adrian was that, especially last year, there was no deep ball capability. But, I mean, that's pretty much all we're seeing now is you're seeing the deep ball on a regular basis. The big play capabilities are coming out now that we've got some of these weapons around him. Omar making plays. You got Vokalek going, making, I mean, one of the best catches. I wish he would have. Scored on that, but we scored eventually, which was great. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, Austin Allen made a few catches. Bats. Xavier. I mean, bets. look, he's got, he's got to play more. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You got to find you got to find a way, and 
You know, I know he's a young guy. He's got a lot going on in the mind, school stuff, football. Sure. I mean, offenses are complicated, but you got to find a way to get him on the field because, you know, he shows everyone when he's out there, a big play is, is always a possibility. And, and going back to the, you know, the Oklahoma defense, and I mean, they're not the best defense, but they're good. And when you play a team like Oklahoma, you have to keep, uh, you have to keep their offense off the field. Mm-hmm. And it's a long, sustainable drives. That's how you beat a really good offense is keep them off the field. And, you know, we were getting first downs. We were moving the ball. And, you know, they had some players. That number 11, I don't know his last name, but you'll be seeing him on Sunday. Okay. And, like, just to back up, you know, these stats with Adrian, I mean, he's eighth in the nation in yards per attempt. He is top 20 in passer rating, um, seventh in overall passing yards. He's eighth in QBR. And – Nebraska had more yards per play than Oklahoma. So, I mean, if I'm looking at the offense, I mean, we'll talk about the running game or lack thereof a little later. But, again, Adrian just coming through when we need him. He can only handle have so many carries. You know, long season in the Big Ten, and, you know, we seem to only – you know, I, I, I guess not only good runs with him. I was – Ramir Johnson ran the ball hard. I mean, he's not the biggest running back, but he didn't flinch. and. Mm-hmm. And he kind of came out of nowhere, you know? I was thoroughly shocked when I saw Ramir Johnson as RB1 last week, and yeah. he ran hard, just like you said. And and he is probably one of our fastest backs, if not the fastest running back we have. And he actually ran with some power. He ran like he deserved to be the running back number one. And I'm really confused of this running back situation Seriously. because, we, you know, we thought Step would be the guy because he started – he had a really good game. And then we thought, oh, Gabe Irvin, you know, he kind of showed out. And then, unfortunately, Gabe – Probably out for the year. Probably. But, you know, like now it's just, it's a carousel and it's a good problem to have. I, I'm not mad about it, but right. I would like to see somebody take that job. Yeah, it was notable that, I mean, Ramir, I'll admit that I kind of wrote him off like, uh, it's just Ramir. He's this little guy who won't last in the Big Ten. But like you said, I mean, he ran hard. Like if you look at the numbers, it was, you know, 11 carries for like 42 yards. It's not going to stand out and the the stat book but you can just tell like he he does he does have that extra gear to him he looks a little different he's got that next level of speed that the other running backs probably don't have so yeah and i think i like like mike i was super confused that we saw ramir come out there first right but i will say it's something i haven't thought about up until saturday was um the fact that they're grading these players every single week and the reason we keep seeing different names every Saturday is because these dudes are grading out better than the other four or five every single week. There's a change, right? So it means there's a healthy competition in the running back room. Um, So I've never thought of that before. And it just kind of struck me like today watching the press conference. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And and that brings the best out of other guys because, you know, if they're getting passed up, they're going to, they're going to maybe study more. They're going to play a little harder and and I'll be the first to say when Ramirez was in, I looked, I'm like, why, you know, why is he starting? Mm-hmm. And I was watching with my buddy Zach Stirrup, who played, and a couple other guys. And his first run, he kind of ran over a guy, like right after I had said this. And Zach goes, "That's exactly why he's in." Like, yeah. <laughs> he's I'll, like, "I'll be the first to say." I, it surprised me. Yeah. Hey, Brandon. So back to when you played, was there any healthy competitions that maybe either you saw or maybe even you experienced when you played at Nebraska? Yeah, for sure. I mean, our room, our receiver room alone. I mean, we we had a lot of good guys, and 
you know, it was healthy competition. We were we wanted everyone else to make plays. We weren't selfishly, but we knew if if we didn't have our best foot forward, we weren't going to get the ball or see the field. And and then the running back room, I'll never forget. Divino Zigbo's freshman year, we had a, a late night scrimmage, and he made some plays. And I'm like, who is this guy? He <laughs> is going to play. And but I'm like, oh, you know, we're pretty deep at running back. You know, we had newbie and a bunch of guys, and sure enough, he made it out there on the field and. You know, he he brought newbie and those guys to to the next level also. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, and just going back to Ramir for a second, I mean, there was that draw play with Adrian where he scored that touchdown from a few yards out, and I think Ramir was the lead blocker on yeah, that. Yeah, he was. And I'm like, okay, my bad for writing you off. Like yeah. this dude's going out there and he's laying the wood on someone. There's a lot of want to behind that so. i feel with him too i feel you know if you're a player you're not dumb you know if fans are talking bad or writing you off and you know i feel the last year or so people kind of forgot about him and and i think in his mind you know he finally had that opportunity and he wasn't he wasn't going to back down from it and you know there's a play going around twitter where you know the it was kind of a busted play they had a few open guys in the hole and, and they show cam jurgens they show ramir i think damon benning's the one he highlighted he said just watch 51 and 14's effort Mm-hmm. And you see Cam Jurgens pulling and sending a dude five yards. Oh yeah, and Ramir lowering the shoulder and a linebacker and kind of running him over. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, the one two's there. And if we just keep or stop shooting ourselves in the foot so much, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we're right there. And you know, I think Frost said today, you know, if we play if we play fast and precise, you know, we can hang with anyone. And I truly believe that. Oh hell yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and another thing Scott said in regards to the running backs today. Uh, you know, he was talking about, you know, like this rotation in this competition and he's being completely on. I, I first I kind of was like, OK, you know, it's going to like coach talk like he has a guy. And now I'm like, OK, no, he really doesn't have a guy. And this is a real competition. And he's like, yeah, Ramirez played hard. And uh, and now he's saying your boy starving Marvin maybe playing a little bit into the, the competition as well. So we'll see so. who's going to line up at running back next week. We have no idea. Yeah. And, and neither do defenses. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I feel, you know, if you're playing power football or, you know, against good competition, you need you need a few backs. Yeah, I agree. You probably need that horse. But, I mean, I look at, like, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. You know, they got Nick Chubb, probably their horse. But Kareem Hunt, he's not a slouch either. No. <laughs> and then, you know, even I like, you know, I'm a big Bills fan, and they got Singletary and Moss, and they're rotating, keeping them fresh. And, you know, I think if you get two, three backs, and, you know, when they're in there, they know they have to make that rush count. You know, I think it's only better for the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for, like, a little more Sevion, but he only had one carry. And he went back home, too. he's back home. Yeah. Show him a little more love. I saw his mom in the stands. She had her Sevion Morrison jersey on, and (laughs) I was like, man, I bet he's going to get a lot of touches today. And, you know, Ramir, he kind of took over, so I I, I see why he kept playing. Yeah. Another positive, guys. The unit led by probably the best coach on the staff. Chins, again, did – did enough to win the game. Um, the pass defense held, like you said, Brandon Rattler. They contained him enough. Um, you know, and I was even watching the game, and they were resorting to a trick play. You know, I think, was that in the fourth quarter? It's like, wow, this defense must be doing enough to make Oklahoma feel like they need to change up their look or whatever. It's like, dang, I th- I was hoping Nebraska would be the one to do the trick plays and kind of be a little more nuts with it. feel like they have to, yeah. Yeah. But no. but Oklahoma felt like 
they had to do mix something up. Yeah, I mean, you should have seen my like Oklahoma family sitting there watching that game, and I I remember I was like, what did you guys predict it would be seven to three at half? And they're like, seven to hell three. no, like come on, bro. seven to three. Yeah, I mean, look, if I if you would have told me that last week, it's gonna be seven to three going into half. I would have smacked you. I mean, you're I would have been dummy. Jump, doing jumping jacks and push-ups. And... I would have bet the first half. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man. Well, and Lincoln Riley is probably one of the best offensive minds in college football. Yeah. And you could honestly say that Eric Chenander and Scott Frost probably outcoached Lincoln Riley on the game on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, they held them to, was it 21 points? Because, you know, they had the, the blocked field goal. With the, you know, mm-hmm. That didn't count. I mean, great. The only thing is stopping the run, which I am concerned about. Oklahoma didn't commit to the run. I can't believe it because they were gashing. They look. They were spreading them out, yeah. and Henrich was on skates a little bit. And I'm hoping that when you, when we get in a Big Ten play where guys aren't as shifty, I guess that'll kind of shore up a little bit. But if if OU would have committed to the run, I think they probably would have scored a few more times. They averaged like. Five and a half yards per carry. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm worried about, especially going into Michigan State. Think, you know what they're gonna do. Yep. Yeah. I think that's part of the defensive game plan, though. I think they were playing they were playing more of a soft zone because you know they aired out enough, and you know I think Chins was willing to give up those those five yard runs because mm-hmm. he knew the other downs uh, would make up for it. Yeah. You know, early though they had a few third and longs where I think if we could have got them off the field, it was frustrating and. You know, the one, it was a good design, receiver screen, where he came across the field. Oh, and I can't. It's not, a, and it's not a, a pick play, but it's a blindside block. A hundred percent. I'm glad you brought that up. And, I mean, I, I see, you know, he throw the ball behind line. It's not a pick, but in this day and age, a blindside block, I guarantee you if Cam Jurgens would have did that, they were throwing a flag. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Well, it was third and seven. That was a big play. It was, it was the first drive of the game. Yeah. And Oklahoma, they had just got a third and – Third and 11. Third and 11, like the the third down before that. And so you felt like our defense, you know, we were ready. We were set up in the right spot. And then you get this blindside block. And I was sitting next to an Oklahoma fan that I don't even know. And the guy was like, dude, that's offensive pass interference. And and these fans were really nice and knowledgeable and and honestly a really good experience. But even even the Oklahoma fans were like, well, I mean, we got away with it, so I'm not mad about it. But, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It was definitely a blindside block after looking at the – the replay for sure i could hear all the boos on tv right after that i could just hear like <laughs> nebraska fans screaming on yeah, the tv no like, it just seemed like we just need a few things more to go our way we're right there and it just we can't catch that lucky bounce it seems but i'll give it to the defense though you got you know you have a few bad breaks the first drive you give up a touchdown your offense gets the ball keep shooting themselves in the foot somehow mm-hmm. miraculously get three points and you know they they stayed with it and, and you know kept us in it the defensive backs, let's let's talk about them a little bit. Because Cam Taylor Britt actually went out in this game. Mm-hmm. And Braxton Clark came in and they took a shot on Braxton Clark right oh. when he got in the game. And I was like, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And it happened. And Braxton Clark, oh. he defended a good athlete in the Oklahoma receiver. Yeah. And then on the other side, Quentin Newsom is still balling out. And in he my is. opinion, Quentin Newsom is probably the best corner on the team. Yeah, Cam. Okay. And and I'm a big Cam fan, and he knows that. And but I think he'd tell you, you know, he's he struggled a bit this year, and you know, you have a lot of a lot of hype coming in. You're one of the best corner DBs in the country. You got a lot of pressure, and uh, I think with Big Ten play, I think everyone will really see Cam Taylor Britt turn, flip the switch a little bit, and and, uh, and switch up and and play a little bit better. But yeah, Newsom, 
especially coming in, it was a cornerback battle. He wasn't guaranteed to start, and, and he's kind of locked down that spot. Well, and going back to maybe your time playing, uh, did you ever see any competitions like that on the defensive side? I, I don't remember the DBs that you played with, but, I mean, these guys are all talented, and, and I think Travis Fisher's doing a really good job. He is. Yeah, now i really got to think back who, <laughs> who we all had, you know. Um, I'm trying to think what year. It might have been my sophomore, junior year, you know, at safety. They had moved Nate Gary back there, and we had Leroy Alexander, who uh, had very good ball skills, and he was a player. And we had Corey Cooper back there, and, and kind of like we were talking about the running back earlier. They all kind of played a little bit and made each other better. And, you know, and then corners, I think corners are the dumbest guys on the field because they have the shortest memory. <laughs> They'll get beat for five go routes, and they'll defend one, and they'll act like you haven't caught a pass all day. Yeah, coming yeah. from a receiver, right? Yeah, <laughs> they got the biggest ego. I mean, Josh Mitchell, he was he was the one, but and Josh Mitchell weighed probably 160 pounds, and he was probably the baddest dude on the defense. But he was a guy where you catch three on him, and he he deflects one, he's in your face. It's like, dude, you don't remember. <laughs> or or if the receiver drops it, and they're like. Yeah, no, no, not exactly. my house. Get out, exactly. Jeez, man. <laughs> but Josh Mitchell, I'll give it to him. If if every def- guy on defense had his mentality, man, they'd be tough because that he he was the smallest dude on the field always, and he played hard. Yeah, and look, just bigger picture, you know, coming into this year, the defense was supposed to be the strength, and so far they lived up to the bill. They're ranked, and I I love putting putting numbers in this pod. I love it. Yeah, um, twenty eighth in points per game allowed, top thirty. And they're 53rd in total yards per game allowed. So, again, you know, I was saying as long as they're in that top 50 range, as long as the offense does their thing, they should be winning games. And they just played the top three, uh, the number three team in the country. If you, you know, after this week, we'll see. You have to have but, at least a de- decent defense to make it that far. So, I mean, yeah. it's no, they're no slouch, right? Yeah. This defense is going to finish in the top 25. I don't even, I, I think maybe even top 15. Yeah, no, I'm we'll with see. you. They're getting better and better and better. Like, it's yeah. showing. And guys are getting more experience and, and playing better. I mean, you know how much more confidence they have going into Big Ten play after not shutting down Oklahoma, but right. containing them. I, I mean, mean they, they shut down Oklahoma as well as anyone ever has in the past, ever since Lincoln Riley's been their head coach. Well, I think two games ago, I think Rattler, we had, what, five touchdowns in the second quarter alone? Yes. Or something? Well, and now that you say that, this is the lowest point total under Lincoln Riley ever as the Oklahoma yeah. head coach. He's never been scored less than 27 points. So, I mean, that that shows how good this defense played. And here I am loving the numbers, and I, like, forget the most significant stat. They had, like, the longest-running streak in college football history with, like, I think it was total yards or something. But And then Nebraska broke the streak. It's just I don't, I don't know the exact number, but, again, it just proves that this defense, I mean – they're doing what they have to do, and with the Big Ten plate, with Big Ten plate coming up, they're gonna have to carry us. Yeah, and I know like a lot of people are concerned about the QB pressures and stuff, like us yeah. not quite getting home a lot. Um, but I do think that plays into playing against really experienced offensive lines, and then also like playing against Spencer Rattler. That dude was all over the place behind, you know, in the backfield. I mean, like we'd get pressure and he'd be running past us or he'd be running to the left, running to the right. Yeah. And he just, he, he extends plays, which is one of the number one concerns walking into that game. So that third, that third and 11 that he converted, it's like how many quarterbacks can do that? It's like, geez, right. man. He scrambles around, but then he can just zip it. He can, Gosh. he can fit it in a window so quick. And, and yeah, that third and 11, I mean, that's a, 
That's a hell of a throw. I don't even know Iowa's quarterback, but I promise you, (laughs) he's not going to do that. Spencer (laughs) Petras is probably Uh, one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Just be careful. I'm going to be careful with my words. (laughs) But I'm telling you right now, if Iowa didn't have a top five defense, I could argue maybe maybe the best defense in the country next to Georgia. Uh, Iowa could have lost every game this year. Even Kent State, they didn't play very well. Yeah. And their defense is just they're really good. I'm I'm nervous about that game. And I and I hate Iowa with the best of them. But what I give it to them also, their special teams is good. Yep. And they attack special teams and they're not trying to fair catch everything and that, that bugs me. Because yeah. it's like as a fan now, the way we are, I hope we fair catch it because I don't think anything good's gonna happen. Yeah, I right. hold my breath let's, every time. Let's let's get into it. Do you wanna just dive let's, right in? He, he segued. I let us in. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 51-yard field goal is good. Woo! After going over uh, three the game before, that's the hardest kick ever. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's okay. We're, he's back. He's back. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not okay. Ah, uh, no. Look, we. I mean, we just talked about it last week. We're like, is it going to be a problem? And I said, if you can't make the field goals against Buffalo, you're not going to walk into Norman and kick those field goals. Like, if you're having mental issues when you step out on the field – you're gonna be walking into we're we're, uh, we're gonna be walking into Michigan State this East week, Lansing, yeah. yeah, and the night game. A that night crowd game. is gonna be insane. You yeah. think he's about to just prance out there and start making field goals left and right? No. Well, okay, Brandon, are yips a thing for kicking? It must be. <laughs> I don't know. What about <laughs> receivers? Can, do you guys do you guys ever get yips as a receiver? Like you drop one and you're like ah. No, not really. I mean, no. I never did, but because I feel you got to be confident. Yeah, and you got to want the ball. And to me, I mean, you know, in golf, some people get the yips with the driver and they can't hit it. So maybe that's similar to kicking. But I mean, going back to that, if you were to tell me he had a fifty-one and a fifty-yarder, and we were one for two, I'd probably say, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, right. it was just the context then, of everything else that happened. Yeah, before. but then the next one, I think, and I heard some today. It might have been a bad hold or something, and and I didn't see, I didn't see that, but. That was a big play in the game. That was a momentum switcher. If we could have at least got points there, you never know what happens. The next extra point probably doesn't get blocked return for two. It it was a big play in the game. Well, and yeah. you, you, I mean, honestly, Scott Frost has got his criticisms on like, okay, sticking with this guy, sticking with this guy. He even pulled Culp for that PAT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was asked after the game, he thought about going for two to make it a three-point game. Which I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish he would have at least yeah, tried it. Sure, but because <laughs> me at home, I said we should go for two before that. Yeah, but I mean, I I trust him. You know. Yeah, but the Kellen Meyer, I I brought it up last week. I was like, hey, he's got a big leg, kid from Ord, Nebraska, gonna come in and maybe take this job from Connor Culp, and then that happens. I I they blame it on the blocking assignments, but I think the ball was just a very low kicked ball to begin with, and then I mean, if a, you watch the line, I mean, it was a combination. I think yeah, yeah. a little bit the of guard ball. getting blown up and a low kick. But what I was disappointed was the effort after. Yeah, I mean, if you're the kicker, you're probably the fastest guy on the kickoff team. You probably have the best chance to slow him up, try to get him down. And I mean, I'm sure he was shocked. He didn't expect to get blocked and returned, but he kind of sure. was jogging and. And I'm sure they addressed that. I'm sure he wish he had it back. And but you gotta just move on, I guess. Yep. Culp would have tackled him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Here we go. Here we know. go. Yeah. A bright spot. Our punter. He did well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two fifty-yard punts, I think. Mm-hmm. William Pristep yeah. just Pristep? comes out of nowhere, and we were we were dogging on him a little bit in the season one, and last year he didn't really have a good year, and we thought, okay, uh, 
what's his name? Cerny will be the guy. Mm-hmm. And Cerny really hasn't shown up much. I mean, and he just has that that style. Of the kick. rugby style, but it's not even it, a rugby style because usually like rugby style is low kicks that just kind of bounce and roll. And he doesn't even do that. So I don't know. So I, now you know why Pristep's out there. Yeah, I get it. I don't it. know. And know? it is Michigan State week and Pristep did play for Michigan State. So mm-hmm. fun fact. Okay. Yeah, I need to watch other teams more and see what their punters are like. You know, obviously Better. in the past we've been we've been spoiled by who we had and Sam you know, ever since my guy Fultz, right. you know, he was the best of the best and ever since then it just went downhill significantly. Yeah, we need Fultzy to lift this curse that's been going yeah. on. We so. need to find some farmer, Western Nebraska dude who can just punt the shit out of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, and like your point of watching other teams, like, you know, we watch Nebraska every week. We watch every snap. So, yeah, everything is going to stand out that much more. That Oklahoma mistake by Mims recovering it when it could have went yeah. out of bounds. <laughs> that was great. And it's like, we're not alone. We're, what is he doing? I don't even think a Nebraska player would do that. When I, I mean, uh, hey, easy but, there. Easy. <laughs> I'm just saying. When I watched that play, I thought of Kyle. A couple, like, it was probably three or four episodes ago. Kyle talked about how smart the player was smart and went out of bounds and touched the ball, and that's mm-hmm. a penalty. Yeah, one so, foot in, one foot yeah. out. Yeah. And so that's what I thought. Oh, maybe that's what he was thinking about doing. But no, the he, fact that he literally he, grabbed he, it and just rolled out of bounds, I'm like, you are a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> he, I would like to ask him that question. What were you thinking? Yeah. Well, it's kind of, I think it was just kind of with the CTB thing versus Illinois. It's just like yeah. trying to make a play. The yeah. ball's right there. You don't even think. You just try to do something. Make a play. <laughs> he ran out of bounds. At least pick it up and run. <laughs> he saved. Uh, he saved the onside kick. I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> About the only positive. Oh, um, I will say though, like with Culp's struggles, like who knows if Meyer's going to come back in and you know try to kick fifty yarders to replace him. But it's just like it gets it gets me thinking. Is this going to force, you know, Frost and Lubick to be a little more aggressive with their play calling and maybe not be a little conservative when they get in that area? It's yeah. like, are they going to open it up a little more? I'm, be glad. Aggressive? I'm glad you brought that up. You know, usually you get into the plus territory, you know, uh, our side of the 50 going to score. Mm-hmm. You get second and one, that's you take a shot. Let's go. And the first two times we were conservative and then we were third and, and medium. And then late in the game, I could be wrong, but I think – uh, it was either to Allen or Vokalek, uh a pass over the middle or deep. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was second and short. And I'm like, that's what we needed the first two times. Yep. You can't, especially against a high power offense, Oklahoma. You can't settle for field goals. I mean, right. That's mm-hmm. like if you're playing the Chiefs, you can't settle for field goals. You got to put up touchdowns because you know they are. Shout <laughs> fourth, out to fourth, and one, fourth and one, go for it. You want to go for it, man? What you? course <laughs> well, we, yeah. if we had lamar jackson i'd go for it every time too just saying <laughs> yeah. that guy's a freak he is he's unreal yeah but no i mean lamar jackson pod <laughs> no i think i think uh something that kind of struck me during this game was like it felt like we did the things we needed to do on both sides of the ball like when we needed a stop we got one yeah when we needed a a chance at a field goal or we needed a first down, like we got one. I, I know like last year we've been talking on this podcast, like you go negative those early downs and it's like, you might as well just punt because yeah. it's not, we're not going to get there. And I felt like Saturday, I felt like we, we did what we needed to do every time we needed to do it. Yeah. First drive. Yeah. False start. False start. False start again. That was rough. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm not, like, not, not, I mean, it's that, but you think your defense was just on the field for what, 12, 13 plays? Yep. 
You got first and 20, go three and out. I guarantee you Oklahoma goes down and score because that defense is gas. Yeah. So a long drive there was was huge. Yeah, and yeah. they ended up getting points out of that drive. Yeah. It's like, okay, With like, what, this is different. 40-some yards of penalties, I think, yeah. on the first drive. Ugh, that was rough. And then, you know, late in the game, Oklahoma scored kind of, it's like, ah, uh, you know, kind of here we go. Right. I think it was, what, first play we threw the deep ball to Betts. Yep. Kind of got us going again. Then, obviously, the next three, four plays wasn't ideal, but. And it's just, it just still looks a little disorganized. Like, you have t- timeouts being called mm-hmm. out of, it's like. After the kick return? You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Not in year four, dude. We yeah. can't be doing this. I don't know what happened there. Because you, you don't take that timeout after the kick return. You have another timeout at the end that saves 40 seconds. 40 seconds, yeah. And your play calling can change up that last drive a little bit, especially in college. First down, clock stops. Yeah, that that was tough because, you know, you have your four-year starter and if the play's not in or whatever, just in my opinion, just take the penalty, especially in the fourth quarter like that. It's like you get those timeouts are gold. Yeah. And the fact that you had to waste one after a freaking long-ass media timeout, come on now. Yeah, five yards you'll take at that point rather than 40 seconds That's, later in the game. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. hindsight's twenty twenty, but that really – because yeah. I think, honestly, Adrian could do whatever he wanted against Oklahoma, but when it came down to crunch time, the, the O-line kind of really fell apart at the end there, and Adrian tried to do more than he probably should have had to do. It's a, but I mean, if you have 40 more seconds, you know, they drop eight and rush three hard, you can hit them with a draw. You can get yep. 10, 15 yards. Then you get kind of rolling. And, yeah. And play call – I mean, the playbook opens a lot when you have a minute 40 or whatever versus, you know, a minute or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I will say on the offensive line, um, Cam Jurgens is a dude, a dog. He that dude. Okay, I I think everybody in the state has had doubts because he wasn't a, he wasn't a center, mm-hmm. and then all you know he's had two years worth of issues with snapping the ball, and then this year no issues snapping, and the dude is driving guys forty yards down the field, like yeah. that like that that one penalty he got for the for the unnecessary roughness. Yeah. Bullshit. That the- was. Awful. The yeah, whistle didn't even was, blow yet. He was forty yards downfield, just driving this dude back to the bus. That's like, so athletic. Yeah. That's like the blind side, just taking him. Yeah, taking him to the parking lot. Yeah. Tell me how many centers in college football. We'll even go to the NFL. How many centers can pull? Like you're pulling your center on yeah. some run plays, and he's your lead blocker. You know how athletic you have to be to get on the edge and beat your running back to the edge. Yeah, just and, one arm, some guy. <laughs> And yeah. Frost, I mean, Frost said it initially. He's like, Cam Jurgens could be, you know, the, an All-American center. And I think it took a, a while. Obviously, he came in as, what, a tight end? Yep. It took a while to, to transpire, but I think people are seeing it, and, and I'm seeing it. And, you know, I know Michigan State linebackers are watching film. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> watch watch where 51's this week because he's going to put me on my ass. He's coming after you. Yeah. I mean, the the offensive line – it's probably not our strongest suit right now. No. But I mean you look at Cam and it's like, damn, if only the if only we could shore up the, the guards and tackles around them. Yeah. And that's something like I I, I wanna say I told you so because I said like they hyped him up all off season and I'm like, Man, I don't know. They seem kinda young. Like uh right, I, I don't know. I don't see what they're doing in practice, obviously, but like it always seems like there's somebody that's hyped up every off season and then they come out and they're just like not that great. They're just young. Like, and they even brought in Prohaska. Yeah. You know, as like 48, 46. 46. Yeah. <laughs> as like a tight end or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you got to mix it up. You got to try to 
get as many big dudes on the field as you can because that, that old line is not looking yeah, very I, good. I hear people talking, you know, put the big dude from Elkhorn at, at left tackle and move uh, Turner inside. I'm like, ah, I don't know, left tackle is a true freshman. Mm. That's t- I'm not saying he can't do it, but right. that's a tough spot to be when you got some of these talented DNs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and Turner's, I mean, he's got the size to be a Big Ten tackle he played well against Rutgers last oh, year oh great I was yeah. I about bought his jersey yeah. I was on it he was unreal <laughs> he wasn't even 69 then he'll probably sign sign it for you there Brandon but, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean if I were them I'd probably be looking at the guard positions I think the guards have really been getting that inside push when we're running inside the tackles has been the problem when we're running to the edge we're getting more yards and we're pulling the tight ends we're getting more yards it's just in between the tackles is tough and we're just we're not executing right but let me flip it on the positive side of the O-line. Adrian had a lot of time to throw the ball in the first half, especially in the first half. He did, yeah. So the pass pro honestly wasn't that bad. So we can beat on the offensive line, but their pass pro was pretty damn good against Oklahoma, who has a daunting D-line. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you can't really recall him running for his life like he did against Illinois. Like, it just didn't really happen. I can't really recall anything like that. Well, part of that is because the defense got to him so goddamn fast. <laughs> like, he didn't have time to run. You know, he was just kind of getting swallowed up. Like, especially that last drive. Uh, I mean, he yeah. he snapped the ball, and all of a sudden he was getting tackled. Like, he didn't have a he didn't have a prayer. Yes. That, that drive and then the one right after Bet's long catch. Yeah. You know, it's a broken play. Mm-hmm. Then Turner gets beat in a millisecond, and he gets sacked. And then I don't even know what happened after that. But he had sacked again. It was third. That was it was third and eighteen, and third then fourth and eighteen or something. He throws a pick. Yeah, it's just like God. We're right yeah. there. Just a couple plays. Just give him at least a second. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's talk. You know, what does what are we taking away from this relatively solid performance? Are we are they close? Like everybody keeps saying, still a lot of work to do. Like where are we at with this with this game uh, going forward? The biggest thing that struck me was that the talent level didn't seem like it, there there didn't seem like there was a gap, a big discrepancy. Right. Yeah, because like okay, so you look at you know Nebraska playing Fordham, even with the mistakes that we were making and things like that. Like obviously we were still we were just outplaying, we were just outmanning them because we had the better talent. Then you look at Nebraska OU, and if the talent gap was really that bad, those mistakes that we were making it would have showed on yeah. the scoreboard. True. But we, I mean, we were just even talented. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think going into the game, I think you could say ninety percent of the state was wanting to get rid of Frost. After that game, I think that number decreases significantly. Yeah. Yeah. I and think. Maybe, yeah. I think he came in with the hell of a game plan and executed it. My only thing was the use of timeouts. Yep. But other than that, the game plan of limiting Oklahoma's offensive possessions, just long, sustainable drives is what he wanted. It was the perfect game plan. And for the most part, we executed that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, uh, I think we took two steps up, but you know, that doesn't do much if you, if you go backwards this week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people are, I like to go back to the game at Ohio state where they, it was 36 to 31. And, you know, people are like, is this going to be the moment that turns the tide? They're close. And then we had the seasons after where it just didn't come together. And so, yeah, people can say we're close. And look, my my expectations were low going into this game. Just don't embarrass yourselves on national television. They didn't do that. There were plays here and there where it was like, really? Like, that's kind of silly. That's Nebraska. 
you know, you scoff at it. Oh, that's Nebraska. But overall, they didn't embarrass themselves. You have to put together like a, a strong month. Let's go a strong month of just looking like a competent football team. That's how you'll know you're close. It's not one game in a yeah. vacuum where maybe Oklahoma just didn't really get up that game. It's like, let's put together a full month. Let's go to East Lansing and let's let's win, right? Like yeah. not let's just not keep it close. Let's not, you know, we kept it within a touchdown. No, let's let's go out and win. You showed against OU. You can put together a solid game. You have the talent. So just do it now. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, and I know people are some are moral victory guys and some aren't. Um, I'm gonna be in the middle here. It's like, okay, yeah. No, a moral victory shouldn't matter. But when you're in a rebuilding mode like Nebraska has been, and you know, and Scott his seat is as hot as it's been. And Scott showed up, he outcoached Lincoln Riley, which usually Scott, you could say Scott gets outcoached in most games, unfortunately. He's yeah. young and he makes mistakes as a head coach. I think some of it is, you know, just an ego type thing. Hubris, yeah. But this is the first time I think where Scott actually outcoached the guy across from him. And unfortunately, we didn't get the win. So I think it all comes down to Saturday. If we play well against a ranked Michigan State team, we're a dog in this game. On the road. On the road, night game. You finally get a night game. If you show up, then you'll know where this program's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Oklahoma, I think that was like the first time we actually saw that like no fear of failure motto that he's been living by since he's been here. They just looked loose. They looked like they were fast. Like they, they like nobody was overthinking anything, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I heading into Michigan State, you should feel good as a football team, and I think you should try to perform well. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. I just hope, you know, I'm cautiously op- optimistic. Um, I just hope that doesn't change after Saturday. Right. Yeah, they look solid against Buffalo. Awesome. Like you know, I don't want to count for them. Yeah, yeah. They look solid against Buffalo. Look solid against OU. Let's look solid again. You know, let's – and, you know, Scott Frost, you could argue that he outcoached Lincoln Riley. I'm not going to sit here and disagree and be like, no, that's wrong. Outcoach Mel Tucker now. Like, let's just keep outcoaching dudes. Yeah. You're you're probably going to have your, your bad game where the other guy outcoaches you, but string together a few games. Yeah. Michigan State is not as complicated as Oklahoma. They're <laughs> no. just not. Their <laughs> offensive plan – is literally just run the ball and and play action all game long. Yeah. That's it. So you you shouldn't have an issue. You're not worried about a quarterback that can run. You're not worried about some crazy ass trick plays with some really high speed dudes on the outside. Like Michigan State is just it's just a it's a Big Ten team, right? They're, they they're just, Iowa, yeah. right? Yeah, they're 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 a very they're a, a fairly simple game plan. So I I just hope you see that in in the game. Yeah. I think what the running back I think leads college football and rushing and Kenny Walker, you know, and we know what they're going to do. They're not hiding it. And now it's just, you know, can you stop them or not? Yeah. Everybody's focus, right, is stopping Adrian Martinez because you stop him, you stop everything. Mm-hmm. So you stop this running back, you have a pretty good chance. 8.5 yards per carry. Ah, well, and before scary. we really dive into Buffalo, I mean, sorry, before we really dive into Michigan State, should we uh, take a break? Sure, Refill our drinks and talk about our sponsor. Let's do it. Yep. All right. Okay. Just waiting for Mike to get back from getting his little NBC seltzer. What what seltzer you got there? Oh, I'm drinking the uh, mango seltzer. So, like we said in a couple episodes ago, Nebraska Green Company does have seltzers. So, um, I just tried the first one here. Uh, this is mango. That looks pretty crisp. And everybody's in the seltzer game. And Nebraska Green Company, 
right on par with everybody else. So that's good. So me and uh, Brandon, we're drinking the Taco Vesa. Are you also drinking the Taco Vesa? I am also drinking the Taco Vesa. Brandon, how are you liking the Taco Vesa? Well, I'm on my second one, and <laughs> I didn't think about getting anything else, so it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And look, again, Connor, we want to thank you for letting us invade the NBC tap room to record this episode, and it's it's been a fruitful partnership so far. Absolutely. Let's, let's cheers to this, guys. Hey, let's right. go get that clink. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully that picked up on the mic. Um, but let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Um, let's let's kind of touch on Michigan State just a little bit more. I know we already did, but the the main thing with Michigan State, it's like they're Iowa. Stop the run. I mentioned my concerns before with you know Oklahoma kind of spacing us out with those shifty backs and putting our linebackers on skates a little bit. I don't think it's going to be like this with Michigan State. It's going to be okay. There's your face. Now we're going to go. Boom, boom. So we we're gonna we have to be ready for that. The quarterback play isn't probably not going to be spectacular, right? Um, but yeah, stop the run. Eight point five yards per carry for their lead back. He's he's come through in these first couple weeks as one of the top backs in um, college football. So yeah, uh, you know, big game for the linebackers coming up. But <clears throat> I also think uh, it's a big game for all ninety nine and ninety five. Mm-hmm. You know, Still in um, Robinson. Yeah, Robinson, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's a stud. He's kind of have a quiet year, but, you know, D-tackles usually have quiet years unless you're Nadamican Sue. Right. <laughs> I, uh, especially this game, you know you know what they're going to do, and those big guys clog it up, and old Big Dan, Big 97, and uh, who's the other big guy in there? Um, Damien. Yeah, Damien. Damien. Snacks. Those, those, those two clogging it up, and, and then the other guys, then you got, I like calling Bobby Boucher, old Garrett Nelson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a perfect coming example. Off, coming off the edge. Uh, I like Garrett. That kid, he he works his ass off. And, you yeah. know, I think it'll be a big game for the for the D-line to clog it up and then and, and let those linebackers run through holes and, and make some plays. Yeah, so how concerned is everybody for them, like, running to the outside? Because I feel like – it's starting to kind of show there's a pattern there where where other teams are running to the outside and they're being fairly successful with it. Well, I hope that yeah. what Brandon was saying about maybe it was just a game plan because if we shift back to Buffalo, they're a very heavy, heavy run-oriented team and we shut them down. So I think it's in this defense's DNA to stop the run. I think it was a different game plan for Oklahoma because we knew they were going to try to sling it all over the yard. Yeah. So – I'm not super concerned about running outside, but I guess we'll see on Saturday. I think too, when you got two safeties that like to hit like the way they do, mm-hmm. and you know, just it just depends on the coaching. Do you trust the corners and safety to be able to lock up one on one? Because if so, you add an extra guy in the box, it makes it a lot more difficult uh, on those O linemen and those lead blockers on their team. If if you got all those hats in the hole, and you know, that's where you get an advantage. Yeah, and I don't think you should be concerned about keeping people one-on-one out there. I don't think they've so been either. playing well. I agree. I was going to say, and the difference between OU and Michigan State is OU has those world-class five-star wide receivers out there where you probably need a play zone. You probably can't do man-to-man. Yep. So maybe with Michigan State, you'll be able to do that and stack the box a little more. Yeah. And uh, Deontay Williams, he, he, he might impress me the most of anyone on that defense so far this year. He seems to always be flying around the field at the ball and – and that dude is not scared to hit anybody, I'll tell you that. Oh, he's big. Well, and he actually wraps up. I, I will say his counterpart in, in Dismuke. Yeah. The dude is 
like a legitimate Goes for the kill shot. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. is a headhunter and does not wrap up at all. See, he's going for the big hit or he the did that. Tackle. He did that when I was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. he probably got you in practice. <laughs> yeah, nah, he knew better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Markel a lot though, and uh, he's come a long ways. When I was there, I was like, yeah, he might see the field some, and you know, he's grown as a person and as a leader, and you know, I hear a lot of good things, and you know, it, for, for me, I'm proud to watch and see how he's playing. It, it was him that saved there was a big pass right like right to the end zone i don't know how how long of a pass it was but he was right behind the receiver and he 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 stopped the pass so i mean he just i don't know he just doesn't look like he gets beat very often and he, he's fast he's big and yeah, yeah i'm looking yeah i'm looking forward to when start this big 10 play and really get going mm-hmm. and, and see how our defense stacks up you guys we're already a third through the season that sucks yeah it does suck you know going into this game you know most of us predicted Three and one, but we're two and two. The Look, season starts now. Illinois, man. They're not going to win another game this year. God, they are god awful. It's a trap game, guys. I, I mean, honestly, it was a perfect trap game for Scott Frost, and he fell into it. And you just, you just have to just take your lumps and move on. And I think this staff, they've done that, and this team has really showed it on the field. Yeah. So, yeah if if they, you're trying to get to a bowl game, got to win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they could have laid down against Oklahoma and. Mm-hmm. He got embarrassed, and you know they stood toe to toe with them. And you know, we just I just I keep saying you can't let up, and you got to keep keep stacking days and moving moving forward. Yeah, well, and I think uh, that the result of the Oklahoma game, and this is something we've talked about a couple times now, is that Nebraska hasn't had like a warm up game. How, Brandon, how how important are those games where you've got Fordham and Buffalo back to back? Now, how do you move those two games to your first two games? Then you go into Illinois, and then you go into Oklahoma. There's a big difference there. Yeah, I mean, first game, and no matter how much you prepare, uh, game speed and, and everything in a game environment is different. And, you know, a lot of teams are rusty. You go to the NFL, there's a, a lot of rustiness in, in week one, and those are the best of the best. And, you know, it's tough. And, yeah, unfortunately, we we had a lot of rustiness against Illinois. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's tough to look back on, especially the next week they lose to, what, Texas San Antonio or yeah. something. It's, it's, it's a tough <laughs> pill to swallow. But – yeah. Then, you know, you got you stack a few good wins and then and then you play tough against Oklahoma. It showed, you know, after that first week they could have laid down and just folded the season really. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, pace setter for the rest of the year. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I talked about not letting Oklahoma the don't let it linger. Just I mean, you played great. Like take it and piggyback it. You know, don't don't get discouraged that you lost. You played great. We're in we're in the most important part of our season right now. Conference play, trying to get to a bowl game. This has to be one of your wins. It just has to be. So it does. And I th- I think the defense was already confident. I think they're even more confident. And I think Adrian, I think his confidence is probably through the roof. And he's getting confidence from more guys around him. He trusts that they know what mm-hmm. they're doing. If you get more snaps from from uh, Betts and Manning, that stretches the defense. I. I would always say if we could get three go balls a game to those, that that spaces everything out. And mm-hmm. I don't care which one it's to because they're both fast, they can both jump, and they can both make plays. Well, and Omar really displayed it in Oklahoma. I mean, like that was – we see those every Saturday, good quarterbacks and good receivers making those plays, but we really haven't seen it happen at Nebraska. And the fact that Adrian put the ball on the money and he used his receiver's size and his ability to go up and get the ball, it was just – it was a great thing to watch. That's a great point because – you know, I forgot to mention, and thank God you did. It's just, it seemed like when Nebraska needed 
a play to be made, there's someone there to make it. Even Levi Falk had that unbelievable yeah, that catch. That was a great catch. Like, you could argue that that OU guy probably should have been flagged for targeting. Like, if we're going to try to tamp down on these guys trying to headhunt, like, that was – you try to take his head off. I mean, he missed, but yeah, it's just – it seemed like there was always a guy there to make a play to – I mean, bets going deep. Omar catching that touchdown pass. That wasn't a perfect ball by any means. Yeah. Vokalek with the over-the-shoulder beautiful catch. It, it just always seemed like someone was there. And Adrian threw the ball relatively well. Let's let's spread it out. Hopefully, hopefully it'll open the run game up, which I'm always you know for. Hence the hat. So having those tight, two tight ends in the game, man, that made everything oh, yeah. look different. It did. Everything looked different. Because mm-hmm. yeah, those are two focal points for the defense, and then that opens one on one outside and. You know, Toure, he didn't do a whole lot. And it just shows if we get other guys making plays, he'll get singled up. And, you know, he's shown he'll make plays. When Oliver Martin comes back, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's very well-rounded. And I think he's got the whole package as well. And it just shows if you got all these guys. And even when I was there, you know, we weren't the best offense, but we were pretty good. But we had a lot of guys to go to where they couldn't couldn't key on things. Right. And then you space that out, it opens the run game. And then – you know those option option plays we run, which I like how they're running that option. Those DBs and safeties are further back. You get more yards, and and you know it's it's all comes together. And I don't I didn't I don't recall seeing that option play being run at all. Well, they were in a speed mm-hmm. option off to the side, and with, Adrian, with Ramir, yeah, yeah, they were in okay. a little speed not option with like not, not, the, re- or, not the receiver one. No, right? yeah, we didn't run, we didn't run the the receiver one. Right. Adrian ran a speed option of one more block, and and Damon Benning actually bringing back up Damon. Damon talked about it. Is you know, if if this guy gets one more block, one you know, block, it's going to spring that play. Or instead of it being a two yard gain, it's a six, seven, eight yard gain, and that wears on our defense. So one block, one rock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See, and didn't didn't we say it last week? We're like, hey, going into Oklahoma, do you think maybe they start doing it with the running backs because they're keying in on Torre running that option, and that's yeah. what they did. I think since Torrey had a quiet game last week, I mean, he had like one or two catches. I think he's going to be in full force against Michigan State, maybe a little Brandon Riley-esque. Well, we'll yeah, see. and I don't I don't blame Torrey one bit. I blame the defense keying in on Torrey. 100%. 100%. I mean, they had to have been all over him all day, and then, yeah, and then you got Betts, and well, then you got Omar. Yeah, it's that, and if I'm a D coordinator before this game, mm-hmm. who else has made big plays besides Torrey? Make other guys Arguably prove it. nobody. Yeah, yeah. So you know they probably bracket coverage him, but now they got these other guys making plays. The corners have to kind of they got to strategize a little different. And and I I don't know I don't know the coach's philosophy and mindsets, but I think they're slowly trying to work easier plays in for Betts and Maine, get those guys' confidence up, get Adrian's confidence in them that they know where they're going and what to do. If you get everyone on the right cylinder, I mean, this is a high-powered offense. Yeah. I mean, you watched Betts literally just run past that dude for that big one. Gliding. Just, yeah. Just literally just ran past him. The guy watched him he, pass. He's effortless when he runs. Man. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that he was a top 150 kid coming out of high school. The problem was is just his grades. And thank mm-hmm. God COVID's taken a lot from us, but he's the reason that he's at Nebraska right now. And he's taking full advantage. We just got to get him the ball more. So, yeah. 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 Let's shift a little bit since we have Brandon Riley in the house. Let's uh, let's talk about Michigan State. Um, what do you remember playing Michigan State? And um, obviously, D'Antonio's not there anymore, and, and it's a Mel Tucker team. But do you remember? Do you have any? Obviously, you have probably have a favorite moment against Michigan State. But do, what do you remember playing that team? 
Yeah. Um, you know, when they came in, I think they were ranked number seven. We knew we were going to get their best shot, but, you know, we were confident we could take them down. And, uh, you know, it was a full team approach from offense, defense, special teams. And, you know, obviously I get a lot of credit for that last touchdown, but, you know, the O-line, they held up great, especially at the end of the game you saw against Oklahoma. It's tough to pass block when those pass rushers are teeing off. And yep. they gave Tommy time, and, you know, he hit Westy twice before on deep balls. And, you know, it's a full team game. And, you know, we're, you know, at home, a night game in East Lansing, you know, we're going to get their best shot. They're ranked. They've kind of struggled the last few years. They don't want to lose to us who – you know, last few years hasn't been on the rise. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Nebraska has been kind of Michigan State's, I don't want to say kryptonite. That might be a little too strong, but Nebraska has always seemed to play Michigan State really well. We're like six and two against them, aren't we? Since joining it's, the Big Ten. I don't know the exact record, but I yeah. mean, it, it, seems right. like, yeah. it just seems like it. Right. So let's let's keep that. Uh, let's keep that rolling. And um, yeah, I, I would like for another walk-off winner but also i'd like a comfortable win where i'm not stressed out i can yeah, kick yeah. my feet up and five minutes left and feel good about where we're at yeah let's get I a would, buffalo-esque win How about yeah that? I, w- I would love um yeah like a like a comfortable win like something where you saw the defense just taking over the game and the offense just doing what it needed to do to win so that's well, I, I don't think i don't think that's going to happen i think it's going to be a slugfest to the to the brink I think it's going to be really close. I don't know if we want to do any scoring predictions. Um, We've been really bad at that. So let's just stay away from the scoring predictions. Let's just say, let's hope for a close game that we win. Of course. I like that. I yeah. Mean, let's keep keep it simple. And hot take, Connor Culp makes three field goals on Saturday. Oh. Okay, but hold Down. on. Down. Pump, pump the brakes. Do you really send Culp out there? Like, 100%. Like, like, Brandon, your opinion. Do you, do you, you send Culp out there? You have to. You have, you to. have to? He's, I mean, he's been the guy for the last year and a half or so. And there's, I mean, in the offseason and, and spring ball and fall camp, you know, they're all kicking. Every kick gets charted. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason he's the number one guy. And, you know, there, there was times in the NFL, Adam Vinatieri struggled. Yeah. And it's just one of them kickers. If if you meet a kicker that's normal, I haven't found one. They're yeah. all weird. <laughs> they're superstitious. Quirky. It's all mental. But he's just going through it, and I think the only way out of it is is to just keep pushing through it. And guys pumping him up, and 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 he knows he can do it. I mean, you don't go from Big Ten Kicker of the Year to this, yeah, and stay like this forever. I hope not. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and he came back. He's a six-year guy. He got that COVID year free eligibility. He came back for a reason to to capitalize on what he did last year, and and maybe make some money with his foot. But maybe yeah. not after this. You know, you said the kickers are goofy. You oh. played with Drew Brown. Can you talk about Drew Brown a little bit? He, but he's not as goofy as the rest. He's a, he's probably the most normal kicker okay. I've <laughs> met. But he just he'd always stay to himself, or at least him and Fultz and the long snappers. They'd always just kind of hang out and do their own weird thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was in Buffalo. We had Stephen Hauska, great kicker, probably the weirdest dude I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'd find him in the float tank, and he'd be naked face down with a snorkel on in the float tank we're like what in the world (laughs) and i mean he'd be he just he'd bring like a like a little a mat to his hotel room that's like laying on cement because he said it was good for his body and we're like dude where are you reading this (laughs) but he was a lights out kicker you just walk by and you go 
All right. Yeah. No, you'd walk in the training room. They'd be like, oh, Hauschka's in the float tank. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, uh, we're going to have to drain that tank before you guys get in there. Yeah. And he even knew he's weird. He, he'd tell you. He's like, yeah, I'm weird, but he's a damn good kicker. Bruce. Yeah. Hey, let's hope let's hope uh, Connor Culp walk-off kick yeah. hey, to win it. Hey, no. Sure. That, I, I don't want that stress level. You don't, no, so you know what? No. I want that stress. No, put hey, him in no. a float tank. Let's yeah. put Connor Culp in a float tank <laughs> With this snorkel. week before Michigan State. <laughs> Connor, this might be your sign from No Block, No Rock. You need to get naked. Hop in that tank, grab your snorkel, and let's get some fucking field goals out here. Huh? Hey, let's get weird, Connor. Let's get really weird. <laughs> I on pre- that note. I, pred- I predict up by seven. Michigan State's trying to drive, and Cam Taylor seals it with a pick. Okay. All right. A little bit of a redemption arc, maybe? Yeah. Because he's been kind of... Yeah. I said earlier, he's been okay. struggling, yeah. and he would admit that. And yeah. I think, yeah. you know, this is the game he turns it around. Don't right. make me look bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my official prediction is we're going to get real weird with Colt. All right. That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. well. On that note, let's sign off. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Brandon Riley. And as always... Beat Sparty in GBR. <laughs>